Welcome to the KLE Podcast with your host, Sean Smith. Encouraging and equipping leaders with a kingdom mindset to inspire, to influence, and to impact your culture where you are every single day. And now for today's episode. Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Leadership Equipping Group and the uh, KLE Podcast. Great to be with you again. This is your host, Sean Smith, and uh, I am excited to have a guest back with us again from all the way from Sudan, Africa. Well, um, I hosted uh, my friend David van der Broek um, earlier, well, not earlier, last year sometime, I think it was. And um, I think it, yeah, it was last year sometime. And that was yeah. just before he was about to embark upon his um, training and, uh, and then his trip to the Sudan. And uh, so I've asked him to come back and share with us some of his experience. So for those that know David, uh, you can get a heads up for what's happening in his life. And for those that don't know David, well, you get to know him. A little bit and and then just generally uh, you know the whole idea is to sort of highlight um, ordinary people doing extraordinary things uh, it doesn't mean you know that they're ordinary by any common means but just because it's just like not everybody knows what they're busy doing and David is one of those guys been we've been friends for many years and uh, and so uh, I'd just like to highlight, tonight, you know, today in this interview, um, just him sharing a little bit about where he's at, what he's doing, and, um, and possibly, you know, you get inspired by it as well. All right. So great to have you with me, David, tonight. Or Well, it's my, my nighttime, your morning, all the way from South Sudan. How are you? I am doing well, thank you. Excellent, excellent. So, I, I don't know if if it's um, if it's um, okay to share exactly where you are. I don't know, but uh, you. It is totally okay. It's an open. It's a very open country. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm in Tarit South. I'm in Tarit South Sudan, southeast of Juba. Okay, and and so is this like a little village now, a little town? What is that? I call Tarit a metropolitan city, a small one. But by American standard, it is far from it. It's probably just a small town. <laughs> okay. So what do you um, say is the population there? Population is a good few thousand, probably, well, maybe about 10, oh, no, 30, 30,000. 30,000, okay, so it is a fair thousand plus. Yeah. But, but each area is broken down to villages. So I'm living in the... I'm living in the area which is the place of mud, high porta porta, okay. because there's mud when rainy season comes, and a lot of it. Have so, you experienced on the south end of town? Have you? Yeah, the rainy season, the rainy season has started, yeah. um, but it hasn't been as rainy as it should normally be. So okay. I haven't experienced it the full degree. Okay. But there's mud, sticky it's mud. mud. <laughs> All right, and and uh, you are staying with people, are you? Yes, I'm in my own house, but on this compound, there's a family, a family with seven children, and then there's another 
mother and her daughter on the compound. So typically there's always noise, always some sort of activity, oh, lots yeah. of crying. <laughs> so so you, are, you have a room in the house that you have? No, I have my own building. Uh, so AIM got received permission from them because they're, they're part of the local church here. Okay. So they received permission to build a house here. Okay. So they built a house here intended for long term. Right. So for the next missionaries after me to come into this house and so on. Okay. Okay. And they chose this family specifically because the family's still intact. There's still a mother and a father hanging around. Wow. And a whole bunch of children. And so, so. is that a, is that like kind of an outstanding or or an exception to the rule kind of thing? It's they were they were wanting to place us with a family who's still all intact because there's a lot of broken families in town and either fathers disappear or mothers disappear right. or die and wow. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're dealing with a lot of dysfunctionality in the town then? Yes, there's plenty of that, but I don't think it's much different from, from Any, back home. Yeah. It's just more visible here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. We were talking about that just um, last night. Um, uh, Jesse, or actually earlier this evening, uh, Jesse, myself, and, and Michelle, we were just talking about that. So, all right. Um, just so take us back, going back a little bit. If if I'm if I'm a little slower, it's because I'm tired. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I'm waking up still, so you're good. <laughs> you're waking Stay up. slow, because I'm my like, mind's slow. I'm just about <laughs> nodding off here. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, um, take us back a little bit after our last interview, sort of what happened transpired, you know, that until you, to the point that you actually ended up there. If okay. You, if you can recall that much. I mean, you know, you don't have to elaborate, but just briefly what, what sort of happened, I mean, between then and then and now kind of thing. Then and now. So, since I've been here then. Well, I mean, you, you, when we last had the interview, you were about to embark on the training and you, you went on a, a social media blackout and, and um, various things like that. So, so just you're oh, okay. from, I'm from to our continent to that continent sort of, and to where you are now, sort of what, what more or less transpired is sort of your highlights, um, if you may. Yeah, well, before, I think a big thing on me, for me was praying and just trusting God that financial position can't, would come through. And that's something that did happen. So that was really exciting, especially since God had clearly said that it would. Right. So that was exciting. But then it was just coming down to getting life in order before running away or disappearing, should I say. Um, and, and it was just, then it just came down to the, down to the waiting game, but also realizing, you know, what I'm, what I'm leaving behind the relationships, uh, the, my home church and just, yeah, leaving all those things behind and realizing that I wouldn't be connected with them physically for another two years. So it's just, uh, just a time of processing the loss there and, but looking really forward to, starting this next journey step of my journey right and getting on with things and then yeah once i got here just 
I, well, it's been full speed ahead because I'm realizing now we're about eight months into the eight months into it, and lots have changed. So, but yeah, coming is just just getting getting. I don't want to say comfortable, but to a degree comfortable, um, and just really finding my way. For the first few months, it was it was trying to. Well, I'm always going to try and understand the culture, but feeling like I feel in place. And that took a few, took a few months to really feel like I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be. And I do feel that now that I am where I'm supposed to be. But even of just like talking with one of my leaders here with regards to privacy and you know, that this, this doesn't happen here. You don't get your privacy here. So I've gotten over that. There's <laughs> a, there's a there's a level of privacy you can get, but there's always some sort of active noise going on. You're wondering why they have to dance till like midnight or whatever and make noise. Um, you know, there's no privacy will come when you're outside of the country for the most part. So just become at peace with that. Like I, I found I can rest now here. Like it was harder to rest before, but now I can rest. You know. Yes, noise can be annoying sometimes, but I can also rest outside on the property with my family and not be too concerned because I have enough of the language where I can just naturally speak it um, and not have to try and learn something to understand. Though that's regular, I don't have to. Okay. And yeah, I think a big adjustment for my body was uh, of just food in general. Uh, because my men, I do have sort of a mentality, let's just eat what they eat, but that's very hard when I was coming from a place where you, you eat nice food and stuff, and then you come here and it's like, you know, you want, you want a pizza, you want this, you want that, just to appease your taste buds. There are other ways to appease that here because things are cheaper, but I think it's just, because that, that was a prayer at the beginning of my time here, it was just to adjust the food and stuff. Because that makes it, but it does make a big difference. Anyway, now I can eat all the local food with, without problem. And is the food exciting? No, but I can eat it. I can, I won't shy away from it. It's it's food. I gotta fill the belly. And so now, now I don't cook meals. The family cooks for me. I'm like the oldest son. Uh, you know, I have a garden, so I provide them food. You know, they do my laundry, they do my cooking, I do the gardens, and we work together. So we're, it's, we're getting better at just functioning as a whole, and not me trying to function as a, as a single person. Yeah. So. That's good. And what, what language are you, are you learning? I'm learning Juba Arabic. Okay. It's very different from your normal classical Arabic, so we don't have classical script. It's very local, as in a sense, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't really know it's Arabic if you heard someone speaking it. Um, it's, it's a lot easier than classical Arabic. Uh, but I've gotten to a point where I can have conversation and just miss a few words here and there. Still working on sentence structure, but I can communicate. I've shared this, I, last couple of weeks ago, I shared a Bible story on the wise and foolish builders 
and I was able to communicate that to a degree. So it's come along and stuff. But the national language is labeled as English. So schools don't even teach Arabic, they teach English. That's something I learned recently, and that was like, okay. <laughs> so yeah, so we just everyone should learn English, but it's it's helpful. I'm glad I'm learning it because second term will be very it will Arabic will be our transition language as you go into a village where people are more likely to know more Arabic than they know English. Right. And it will help to learn their language in that village. Right, right. So that's awesome. So so since you've arrived, I mean, what has been sort of your main activities? What have what has been your focus? The main focus since we've been here is language. To learn to communicate with the people, um, talk with them, practice language, get it bigger, so eventually we can minister and communicate the gospel in Arabic. And to show them that we value their culture too. Because you can come and, like, I think people here are surprised with our team because there's enough, there's already white people in town. There's the UN presence, there's other foreign aid presence, and none of them, they don't really speak Arabic, but they're surprised to see that we've only been here a short period of time, but we know the air, we know the language fairly well. So for them, for what I see, it's showing them that we value them, you know, we care about them and stuff. So, and as long as I'm on the field, I'm gonna be learning, I'm gonna be learning Arabic. Right. But I have been seeing, or as long as I'm on this team, as long as I'm on this two years, afterwards I'll be learning another language. But then I'll be still learn Arabic. Because even during while I'm learning this Arabic, I have been learning English and I'm still learning English words and realizing how much I don't know about English. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And on my language lessons, my teammate and my less my our teacher is very willing to teach me about what a verb is. I know that now. We got that. You know, what all these extra words, I was like, what in the world are you talking about? That doesn't make sense in my own mind. <laughs> anyway, that's the main one. And so now we're just, now I'm figuring out like, okay, what am I involved in? Where am I, where am I focusing myself on? Not necessarily to grow, like that's always going to be a thing, but to like for building into others um, and just seeing what, we want to see happen here happen. Hmm. So just recently I've started more intentional discipleship with kids on my compound. Um, mainly the main focus is uh, the 12 year old boy on the compound because we have a relationship uh, just like that we've gotten from working together, having fun together, doing stuff together. So we've recently started doing Bible studies so started reading through Genesis, but as well as another day of the week of just going through foundational things of the faith and just looking into that. And I'm realizing how that's just a challenge because I need to communicate in Arabic and also use a bit of English to help try and get the meaning and understanding across because he doesn't necessarily know all the Arabic either. His family is from another village, so he knows another language well, which I might start learning. Who knows? <laughs> um, so that's one thing I'm doing and yeah, it's really, it is challenging my language too, because I need to, there's a lot of vocabulary and understanding of the language, which will help. 
to communicate what needs to be communicated. Yes. And then, so that's going on. We're also doing a Bible study. My team leader and I were doing a Bible study with guys from a nearby village, a nearby area, who are also learning Arabic, who aren't great proficient in Arabic, right. but they know English, probably, which is helpful. Um, but we're doing a Bible study. We're going through Genesis just to see and get that foundation of understanding, you know, what what happened in the Old Testament. Because a lot of people here don't necessarily know how to explain the gospel, but they also don't have much reference to what is in the Old Testament. So we're just going through the Old Testament now, which has been good. Um, since village people are a bit more quiet, it's getting over, it's working through and seeing as people open up and start to speak and stuff like that. Another thing recently is we've been doing Bible stories with children. So, and that just popped up out of the blue a couple of weeks ago. So we've been sharing Bible stories and then asking questions and then just building relationship with the family there. Awesome. I think the family's Catholic. Um, children are interested, so that's good. They'll all sit down. Women will sit around. If the men are there, men will be there. And they all sit down to listen to a Bible story and add to the add to the story or add, ask questions. And so that's going really well. Um, yeah, no, God's been really faithful that way, and just giving us those opportunities to to share, also to grow in our language. Those times aren't necessarily focused to grow in language, but it's certainly good test the language and to see how you can push forward. Right. while in those things so yeah those are the main ministry things that we're getting involved in right that i'm getting involved in right now i'm sure other things will get more involved as well right. i'm also getting out to the garden more now so which i'm pleased because i've realized i've enjoyed gardening so i think over time i'd like to learn how can i use gardening as a way to minister the gospel and just yeah, go back to the beginning of God was his own. God was a gardener. God went into the, you know, God planted the garden of Eden. He did all these things, and then he got us to start to till the land and sow seed and reap a harvest from that. Yeah. So, I'm hoping I get over time a bit more proficient about how I can communicate all that and just, you know, how can we practice better gardening methods. But first, I'm learning how do they garden? What do they do? Right. And stuff like that. So last night I was talking to my mother here and they planted. So I don't know how to describe how big a katala is, but that's the measurement of what one person is supposed to dig, one person supposed to till in one day. But it's probably about half an acre. I'm gonna call it half, a quarter to half an acre. Okay. So she, they planted 20 of those, 20 katalas. So let's say, let's say, let's say 10 acres, 10 acres of, of uh, sorghum and birds took out every seed, nothing popped up. So, <laughs> and, and I have a bit of an idea about how they do things, but I, every village does things differently. So I don't really know how it was done, but the fact that everything was taken by a bird, I don't know what, what could change, right? So, it's just be interesting to learn more about how things are done because that's a lot of it is that is a lot of food that they would have had next year that was eaten up by birds absolutely a large piece of large piece of ground that was uh, yeah. yeah absolutely 
I was kind of thinking the Lord was providing for the birds too. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think that was the old plan. There. There's other things. I, I think, think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a challenge. That definitely is a Just challenge. Just no more seed. Yeah. But I'm sure somebody's got a solution to that somewhere. Um, yeah. So if, if you had to think back now, what has been sort of your greatest win so far, would you say? I mean, your greatest victory to you in just in, in your eyes. I think getting over the food and the, well, I could say getting over the food and privacy, but I think mainly the language. Like on the first day of first week of language, I don't know. I think it's more of a spiritual attack of just really Satan trying to downplay my ability to learn the language and push forward in it, like to the point where it's like, will I even learn this language and stuff like that? But I just had, I, I was like, nope, I know I'm going to learn the language. I had to push through. So I knew I was going to learn the language. I'm going to push forward in the language and I'm going to learn it, practice it, study it. And now I look back and it's like seven months ago, I did I couldn't even speak a couple of words. I didn't really understand anything. And now I'm hearing a lot better than I was a few months ago even. And I'm speaking it. I'm getting better understanding. There's obviously a lot of different sayings I got to understand and how they say things because that's a bit different than English or our culture in general. So I think language is a big one. Getting getting over that and getting to a point where it's like, okay, this is, it, it isn't so much as gibberish anymore. Hmm. It can be because since all the villages and tribes vary in their Arabic, you're, it's like Canadians will probably resonate better with this, but Canada, uh, Ontario speakers versus Newfoundlanders where you don't really understand their English at all. So <laughs> um, it's really just, yeah, it's, it's you're slowly learning to understand each person's Arabic and a few different ways of how they sound and stuff like that. So and where one person will say, this is the right way. And then the other person will say, no, 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 this is the right way. And it's like, I don't care anymore. This is how I say it. This is how that person says it. It works. We have an understanding of what it is. <laughs> so yeah. And it's still finding out, finding out what those different things are and learning to understand. And then some people will slur more and put things together and speak fast. So it sounds like one big line. It's like, I don't have a clue what you just said. So, and that still happens. <laughs> of course, of course. So my, my family has learned to talk with me where they will speak slower. Mm. Um, and I understand them better than the people I might spend less time with. Right. So. Well, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, it just, I mean, just learning a foreign language. Um, well, I, I don't think you can find a, a better way to do it than to be immersed in it. You know, it's just no. you know, immersion is the best way of learning. It's just to be. No. And I knew that yeah, to <laughs> be learning French yeah, yeah. where I was in Canada. It just doesn't work unless I go to France or go yeah. to Quebec to learn yeah. some funny French. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you've got still about another year and a half there. Um, yeah. What, 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 um, what would you like to, when you, you step out of South Sudan, what would you like to have seen accomplished? I mean, what is your, your heart's desire there? 
your vision, if you may. Wow. Woo-loo. Woo-loo is the equivalent version of wow or whoa. <laughs> yeah, it needs practice. <laughs> um, I know the, the vision is to see, ultimately see a partnership with the church, to see the local church connected with, in a sense, foreign mission. And being here, like, ultimately want to see locals go out to the unreached villages. And being here, I can see that being a bit more difficulty of the church doesn't necessarily support want to support that or want to send people out or necessarily isn't equipped for it. Um, but there are people who want to go out. So it's just working with those people and seeing where they want to go. But I think building what I see, especially with my a smaller church, the church was planted two years ago, of um, just partnering, building a relationship with them. And when I'm on a second term, even to have that continual relationship with them by or relatively nearby village of what God's doing there, of what mission has looked like there, and what the local church that they are get more interested about things beyond their church, yeah, beyond um, themselves, beyond themselves, yeah. So I'm preaching this coming Sunday, so I'm still trying to figure out about go up last Sunday. Because part of what I want to bring out is that God's blessed us to be a blessing. And the church working outward and reaching out the community is something I want to see happen more within our church. Right. Because um, the real focus is just on having a service, come together. Make sure you do your sermon. Make sure you do your singing, your clapping, your dancing. Right. Um, you know your time of testimony and do all those things, and then we're happy. We're done. Let's go home, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just want to challenge them on that. <clears throat> um, but with regards to everything else, it's I think a lot of it is for me growing, having an understanding what long-term ministry would look like. Talking with my leader here, not my specific team leader, but the whole unit leader here. He was saying, like, you don't really have a good feel for missions or foreign missions until you've been here, like, six years, you know, or or getting along. And here I can understand that, you know, with with probably 10 different cultures just in this town, I probably wouldn't be surprised if there's 10 different languages, everyone's speaking something different from a whole different area. It's, yeah, it's, here I can understand that. And... So I think over this two years, I'd even just like to get a better grasp of culture, like variety of cultures. Um, I would love to see my family even be more committed to their faith and just walking in that. And so I'm hoping that just the discipleship that in a couple of years that their English would be better so they're able to read and understand scripture better because even the local Arabic is a bit funny. Like the local written Arabic that we have, that I have in the Arabic book, like various uh, Bible books are not great, tra- they're good translations if you're wanting to just read, but they're harder to read because some of them might be classic or an older version of Cuban Arabic. So it's also difficult for them to read. 
Right. So I'm hoping that they have come to better, better knowledge of reading English and therefore be able to understand the English better, but also understanding how we, how English people speak because the way they speak is very different. So it's one thing to be able to read the language, but to understand what it's communicating is a bit different. Sure. So, but really just to develop a personal relationship with the Lord and to be able to walk in that and to continually go forward in that relationship. Because even as like just last week with, with Raphael, he's the young guy here, you know, he's like, why do we keep asking, you know, who is God, who is God, stuff like that. And I just have to, had to communicate to him. It's like, we will always be learning who God is in different aspects. Of it. So I'm focusing on God's character right now. And I told him like, when I read scripture, I'm still learning about, you know, the character of God and who he is. And we might read it and know it mentally, but it also needs to work down in our heart, you know, until we have an opportunity to trust God for that thing, to walk and trust God for what, for who he is. Right. We don't really know who he is. Yeah. So I think he got a bit of understanding of that. And so he's okay each, each day. He's like, oh, who is God? Let's, let's look at who God is. <laughs> you know, what can we learn about God? Right. So I just, yeah, he demonstrates a definite interest. And so I'm just hoping that it's not so much as functional as just having something to do, but that his desire for God really grows in that. Right. And that he, <clears throat> that he, well, essentially that a disciple him to walk as a disciple under God, which he is, you know, if he's growing, he's a disciple of God, but that he has a desire to learn from God and more specifically from his spirit, from God's spirit, right. so that he would grow without necessarily having someone constantly teach him and stuff and that he's able to learn learn by himself as well hmm. and not having to need the extra person because that's a common thing here right so yeah just so people would have that especially this family here would be able to have a more intimate relationship and a drive for themselves yes and not just have it as a sunday <clears throat> or another day of the week where they do their practice for dancing yeah wow absolutely so I mean, six years you were saying, six years to get so so a six day a six day tour is not really a missionary trip then, is it? A six day tour is more of a hassle for the local missionaries, and uh, uh, maybe a joyous thing <laughs> for because it's an experience because we love experiences as white people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've had a great experience. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't do anything. You don't, you don't have any effect here. You know, you, you might have a good experience and that's it. But, and that's what, it, that's 2012 when I went, when God told me to go on this mission trip and he confirmed my call to missions. After that, I was like, I don't want to do a two week thing. This was, this wasn't a waste of time, but it's like, I had little to no effect on the locals. All it did was affect me. Hmm. And from there I was like, no, it's like, no, I got to do this. I want to do this long term. Right. So. And even seeing it now, seven months, it's like, I barely have a grasp on the culture. And we're about to write, in the next month, two months, I'm going to be writing a, a paper on the culture, a certain aspect of the culture. So I'm going to be writing an aspect of, the cult of my family culture here, like of my family, because we have a lot of people in my area from their village. Right. So, so culture wow. is a lot to grasp. Yeah. And it's very different. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that I mean that is something that that uh, 
is definitely people need to consider. I mean, not, not only those that are going or thinking of going or m may need to go or, and all those that are supporting uh, is to understand the commitment is not a six day little trip, you know, which is a nice mm. little vacation, mm. but rather a, a, a devoted commitment to a time of learning and, and influencing getting involved in the community. I think people don't realize that the, the immensity of that. Um, if you had to, if you had to give a message, um, what would your, uh, first, let me ask this. I mean, what is God reflected? <laughs> what is God reflected on your heart being there? I mean, what would you like to see more of? Um, as far as, I mean, what do you perceive in your spirit? You know, it's just, has God been speaking to you about something specifically in about that place? I don't think something specific, um, but even talking with my friend here and he was agreeing and well, I was agreeing is that we're in a place where there's many converts, there's many people who say or profess faith in Christ but there's no disciples, like there's very few disciples. Wow. Um, so, you know, I'm still learning, you know, God's been teaching me how do you share the gospel to a people who's in a way has already heard it and stuff like that. Um, but just, you know, just starting from the beginning and learning just to ask questions, challenge their thinking and stuff. Um, because, yeah, ultimately it'd be nice. It's great to be able to see people actually turn to God. Yeah. You know, and I know we struggle with it in the West where it's like, oh, yeah, I believe God. It's like, okay, well, so do the demons believe, but they tremble, right. you know, and I haven't used that one yet, but I do want to use that one on local, you know, just to really challenge them. <laughs> I feel it's more appropriate here because people won't be offended right away, right? Um, but, yeah, just to have people truly commit themselves and walk in a relationship with the Lord right. and not just have it, oh, well, I go to church or I do this or you know, whatever, and just have more of a relationship. <clears throat> now, for people, God is, that's that's more the conversation, you know, like, oh, God's here. God would, like, with the whole corona season, people say, oh, God's here, or there, or there is God. I'm still trying to understand how to translate what they say. <clears throat> but one of, yeah, it's just, yeah, I know God is here, but, you know, it doesn't mean we're not going to necessarily get sick. It's still very possible. Things will still come against us as believers or as unbelievers. Sickness will come. How do you deal with it in that? How do you work through it? And those kind of things. So, yeah, I think just have a more serious relationship with God and not just a passive one. Right. So that would be. And then obviously as I go out to an unreached village, it's that they would receive here and receive the message and grow in it. So yeah. and I think, cause that's ultimately why we're here. It's like, I could live here. Mind you, I don't, I don't think this is my choice of place just to live, but um, yeah, just to really the people, their relationship with the Lord become real, but even with each other too, that for people who don't open up as much and people may not necessarily share about what they're going through, that they would share and open up hmm. and, allow other people in so but that comes with trust too yeah yeah as, as you build reputation with them and you know that trust will that trust will build 
right and you'll be able to speak into their situation right so yeah i think that's the relationship with the lord become real more real wow. so that's we have a lot of catholics here and they know the scripture but do they have the relationship so yeah, yeah. But yeah, discipleship, of course, is, is the strategy, Jesus' strategy. And oftentimes it's the most neglected part of the whole process, you know. So, I, I mean, I agree with you. I'd rather walk away knowing I've, I've invested myself in one person that can multiply and reproduce than, than just uh, having a crowd and, and leaving, you know, being there, done that, you know. Mm. All right, so I don't like crowds. <laughs> crowds are good. Crowds are good, but uh, yeah. I know I might have to learn to like those, especially in village context where it is a crowd. You sit down, and the men and the the men will come together, you know, when you talk. So I'm sure one day I'll just it's like, oh, can I share this Bible story with you? You know, <clears throat> who created the world? <laughs> so I'm I'm I feel like I'm getting closer to that compared to seven months ago. That's for sure. Right, <clears throat> that's good. All right, so so David, we've got um, you know this possibility of of a bunch of people listening from right across Africa mainly, and um, and of course from your hometown and and uh, the states and some in Europe that all listen to the uh, watch watch the videos in the Facebook um, the Kingdom Leadership Equipping Facebook group, and uh, and some people hop onto the um, onto the podcast and listen there as well. Um, but we've got, you know, the members that are right across the world, nearly right into uh, Pakistan, India, uh, various places in Asia, um, and but definitely right across Africa. So from Nigeria, Kenya, Uganda, Ghana. Uh, I mean, there's um, yeah, South Africa, Zimbabwe, Zambia. So there's a bunch of people right across the world. So. As a as a young guy that has now pioneered in a sense for yourself, I mean not for anybody else, but for yourself, you've you've taken a step out. What would be your message to them listening right now when it comes to their personal mission in life, their personal leadership? Um, what would you say to them if if they even you know if they are they obviously believers, they, they're disciples, they want to grow, they want to do something for the Lord, they want to influence the world. What would you say to them? Hmm. <clears throat> I was thinking first is be patient. <laughs> um, but really, it's not my way said seven months ago, just to be with God. You know, you can you can sit down and pray for 12 hours a day but if your relationship with god still is not right your praying was just it was just prayer but to have intimacy with god to focus on your relationship with god to know his word to hear from him to be in his presence i'm speaking to myself right now too because that's not my still gonna get better with but i think when our relationship is so strong with god our ministry and everything will flow out of that um, if I'm in the word, if I'm excited about God's word, I have no doubt that that will flow out to my neighbors here where just like, you know, these kind of just what you're learning about God and how you love people. And yeah, your relationship with people will change when you are in the presence, because if I'm not in the presence of God, I notice my attitude changes towards the negative side. 
And so how you people perceive you will be different based on how much you're in the presence of God. So, and it's, yeah, so I think my, my encouragement would be spend that time in the word, focus, focus on God, be in prayer with God and hearing what God's doing and saying and how he's encouraging us. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily just saying like pray for, you know, the people around the nation and that's very important, but just that personal relationship and hearing even what God has for you, what, what your identity is in him, allowing him to speak that over you, having him get you excited about life and things around you. And that only I find flows into prayer for other people, um, which is, which is important and being excited about what God's doing in another believer or what God's doing in the church. Um, So really just having, having the focus. And I think that has been the focus with our team is, you know, prayer is ministry having your relationship with the Lord, everything flows out of that. You can try all, like even with regards to where I am in the language, I have no doubt that that's just a result of having a relationship with God because God's the one who's given me the desire to be here. If I were, I think on the days where I'm not so close to God, more the days like, well, I could just go home now. (laughs) Because like, I didn't choose to come here. I do believe God called me here. And the further I am from God, the more I realize, like, well, I could just go home then. You know, there's no, <laughs> what am I, what am I doing here? <clears throat> but yeah, I would say 100, 100% priority should be our relationship with God and learn what that looks like and our responsibilities that God give gives us and ministry around us begins to flow out of that. Because we're still we're still called to make disciples, we're still called to do certain things, but that becomes more natural as a relationship with God is strong and healthy, um, and not not com- not to compart compart compartmentalize. Yes, uh, my English has really been struggling more lately since I'm trying to get more in Arabic. <laughs> um, <clears throat> of where God is the one thing, one focus, and everything our love for others all flows out of our love for God. Our desire to submit to someone else is out of a love for God. Our desire to share the gospel is out of a love for God and out of a love for people to know what God's word is. And, you know, we can do a certain amount on our own, but there's no fruit. If we're not, if we're not tied into Christ, if we're not abiding in Christ, well, you're not going to bear the fruit that God's calling us to. And a fruit apart from Christ is dead. It's just dead works. Right. So, yeah, I'd, I would really just say focus, be in that relationship with God. Because he's the one, even here, I live, I live in a house by myself. I'm the only white guy around. Obviously, my team distance, but there is, it's still nice to speak English with people. Um, it can still feel lonely at times in the house. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm with God, you know, I can just talk out loud to God, I can be with God, you know, he's the one who's consistently with me, consistently encouraging me, consistently pushing me forward, consistently disciplining or rebuking me if that need, if that need be, um, which is healthy, and I like that, because I'm dull to hear sometimes, or most of the time, and then dull to obedience too, but he's the one who's consistently speaking and active in my life, and 
I'm not sure I could do without that. I couldn't do without that. I should say I am sure that I couldn't do without it. <laughs> so I'm glad that is there. And he's he's my main account of God's my main accountability. When I read scripture, you get challenged. Yeah. There's there's no doubt about that. And <clears throat> so if if something's going wrong in my life, I'm able to God's able to correct that, and hopefully I will be obedient and walk that out. Um. Yeah. So relationship with God, that's, I guess, the main thing that's been keeping me on, on two feet for the past seven, eight years. It's been, it's on, on my feet for the past seven, eight years, but God's kept me on my feet since birth. He's been watching over my, <clears throat> watching over my whole life. Of course. And leading me. So, yeah, I think relationship with God, an intimate relationship with God, not just I can read endless passages of scripture. That's easy. It's easy to read a book of the Bible, whether you've actually learned any, not necessarily learned from it, but drawn closer to God through it. It's another story. I could be reading the scripture and thinking of something totally different and not get anything from it, but not necessarily just to get something from it, but just to draw closer to God, to learn about it and what he was doing through creation and what he's still doing now. Right. So, because we can go through the motions, but, <clears throat> But if we're not actually meditative on the word of God and spending time in his presence, it really doesn't have much effect. It's right. just making you think that you're someone that you're not. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Well, thank you for that, David. I really appreciate it. Uh, taking time out to spend time with us. And um, I hope we can catch up with you again in the future and just hear how things are going. So, um, because I'm sure uh, people would like to stay abreast of your, uh, of your adventures, uh, God adventures, faith adventures out, out there. And, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it, it, the, I would like to say, you know, the principles apply. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. <laughs> you could be in yeah. America, um, in one, the biggest city in America or Canada, Europe, uh, Africa, Asia, it doesn't matter where you are. The principles of God's word, the truths of God's word never change. What David has shared is exactly the same. Uh, we face the same challenges. You know, it's just sometimes we're out of our comfort zone and that's good. It's a good thing. We, we, we also face the, um, we face the, uh, the cultures that are around us and, um, and we've got to begin to influence those cultures and so I really want to encourage you to hear what David is saying and, and not just think about, you know, well, it's somewhere else in the world, but it's right where you are, right where you are um, or, or anywhere that you've been sent or where you are involved, etc. cetera. Um, the principles of God's word never change. And it's always your personal relationship with him, first and foremost. And living out Jesus, you know, so you, you can't beat that. Uh, you, you, that's what it's all about, ultimately. Well, super duper, thank you for your time. I really appreciate you taking our time to spend with us, David. And uh, thank you uh, for having me in. Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's really great to hear from you and great to hear your heart um, beat in, in all of this and God's heart beat through your heartbeat as well. So, um, be great to catch up with you um, like in a couple of months time, you know, next year, maybe early next year. And as you now Absolutely. 
sort of advanced a little bit more and progressed more and seen more impact? Because I'm sure it, you know, it's a multiplying effect as the more you build those relationships, the more the Spirit of God begins to work in people's lives and in the work that you're doing and, and everything begins to compound and, and the influence grows. And so it'll be great to hear what's happening uh, further down the line. So um, again, thank you very much. And uh, thank you for being with us and staying with us through the whole um, interview to this point. And uh, David, uh, if, any, if they can pray for you, what, what would you like people to pray about right now for you? Continued focus. Focus okay. on, the, on the, I don't want to say the task at hand, but really just to continue focusing on the language, focus on hearing um, the wide variety of Arabics. Uh, but I think focus on relationships. Okay. And I just want to sit down with the leader here and just talk to him. What, is relationship, what does relationship look like for you with local people here? So, yeah, just so I can dig deeper into relationships and just spend the time with them and build those. And, and over time, I have no doubt God will have, God will impact those people through me because of just spending time with them and sharing or hearing from them. Amen. So I think relationship with people and focus on <clears throat> language and understanding. Oh. And culture, because that will affect how you understand the people. Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, keep, keep David in your prayers uh, down there in South Sudan. And uh, we trust God will um, really use him to impact people's lives, you know, um, in one form or fashion or another, that he'll be the influence of the kingdom of God in that place. All right. Well, thanks for being with us. And until next time, this is Sean saying God bless you.